another episode of the Moss Talk Podcast. I am your host, JJ Moss, and we got another, and I mean another great episode for you all. I have another special guest on here on the podcast coming straight out the city, my city of Memphis. And uh, a lot of you all all may know this individual. Back in the day, he went by the name of True Q, and uh, he was a part of a group called South Block. And he also had dropped some records called Shake Some and, you know, records like Keep It Real. But now he's switched up the name, and also he switched up the music style, coming with some stuff that's more relatable, something that hits home. And I feel like with his new project that he has out now called Far From Nothing, I'll tell you that it's very relatable for me, and I feel like it's relatable for a lot of people that – I feel like who need to listen to this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Moss Talk Podcast, the one and only True Esco. What it is, bro? Thank hey, you. what's going on, man? Hey, when, you, man. Oh, man, I, I, I'm, I'm honored, man. Uh, before we get into anything, I want to shout out to the homie Brink Young, uh, Mr. Brink TV. Uh, he's the yeah. reason why, you know, I'm now a new fan of yours. Uh, I, I can honestly say uh, I wasn't aware of your movement, of your music. So he's the reason why I am a fan now. He's the reason why, you know, I, I purchased the album. Uh, I'm about to purchase the gear, uh, the merchandise. So, you know, I'm very honored to have you on my platform. How's everything going for you, bro? Man, it's been going good, man. I've uh, been busy for the most part, personally, and trying to, you know, just keep pushing the music and promoting it and finding different outlets and stuff like that to get it on, you know. Understanding, understanding. Now, before we get into, you know, just your beginnings and stuff like that. We're going to start off talking about the incredible EP that you got out right now, Far From Nothing. Um, let a lot of people know, let a lot of my viewers and my listeners know, like, where did that title come from? Like, what does it mean to you? For me, man, Far From Nothing just basically stands for you. When, you know, when we begin a journey, it don't matter what we're chasing or pursuing. Uh, for example, for you, like with the podcast game, man, or, music or you you starting a new business entrepreneurship or whatever you know at some point along your journey you may feel like man it ain't ain't nothing coming from it i ain't seen no results or nothing like that but you got to remember coming you're starting from somewhere starting you know you're further than where you you know started out at so that's that's pretty much what far from nothing uh represents for me now what kind of headspace were you in uh when you was in the process of you know writing and recording this project Man, uh, truthfully, when I was starting out, man, I was just making songs because originally I was just going to say I was just going to put a single out every month with a video or something like that and just do it that way versus dropping the whole project. Because, you know, with the landscape of things now and music, you don't want to give too much too soon or man, it'd be kind of hard for people to consume it all. At one time, so I just I wanted to start it off that way, but uh, after a while, the more I made songs and things of that nature, I just was like, man, it it seems like I'm coming up with a cohesive a, a uh, body of work, you know. So I was like, man, I, I should just go ahead and just put something together. But the headspace I was in, just like I'm always in, man, I always want to create something that's relatable for people to ride to or vibe to, you know. I don't. I don't really go out too much like I used to. I ain't bottle popping or nothing like that, you know, pre-COVID, pre-COVID. So, you know, I just, I, I always try to put my best foot forward when it comes to making relatable music. So, it's pretty much right, now, I know, you know, how I feel about the project. But okay. what's the reception you've been getting from, like, other, like, people who's been probably on you for a while, 
listeners wise and also the new listeners that you've gained by uh, once you released this project well what's the feedback you've been getting been getting tremendous feedback man um honest honest feedback people telling me hey man highs and lows is my junk man i bumped yeah. that um you know and then you got people who like the what's the other junk they like uh so many nights so many nights they love that junk um the intro shockingly enough man is is the one that everybody be telling me about that's why yeah. i went ahead and did the video for that one first now i did check out the visual for that one uh who shot that for you Oh my God, Cam man, Cam Crooks. He he pretty much been shooting all my videos since uh, John I had called Breakthrough back in 2014. So he been he been rocking with me ever since. All right, now you now since you brought up the intro, you know I wanted to uh, quote some of the lyrics from that because I felt like that hit home. Um, yeah. As I was preparing for this, I was at work preparing for this interview because mm -hmm. I've been preparing for it for the past couple of weeks now, yeah. and. It's just like the more I listen to it, it's like it really hit home for me. And um, what is it? Trials and tribulations will have you questioning yourself. Like, I swear this can't be life. Why I got to go through the same thing all the time? I never get a break. It seems like it's always <laughs> I'm always down. Mm -hmm. God, I need a sign. I'm just asking you why and how. I'm tired of all of these setbacks. I'm tired of going through droughts. Give me a peace of mind. I'm tired of trying to figure it out. And mm -hmm. when I say that hit home for me, because that's exactly how I feel, you know, because you and I are the same. We're both family men. And also we're both trying to pursue a career with the entertainment, me with podcasting and you with the music. And that's exactly how I feel. And, you know, of course, I'm a hip hop head first. Like I'm mm -hmm. a hip hop head first. And, you know, that's why I'm glad that, there's some type of music out there that really hit home for me that I can relate to something I can, uh, that I can put in my ear every single day. And when I just, I kept rewinding that part. Cause I was like, at the end of the day, I ain't gonna lie. No, no, no lie. It then it brought a tear to me. I was like, fuck. It felt like, you know what I'm saying? He was like, he felt like he was talking to me. Something like that. I love that. Uh, who produced the intro for you? Who did it? You broke up on who did it? Who did what for the intro? Who produced the intro for you? Oh, Guy named Rohan Kumar, man, a 21-year-old producer out of uh, New Jersey that I found on uh, uh, Instagram and YouTube and stuff, man. I just hit him up because, you know, it ain't a lot of producers. I mean, it's great beat makers and producers and stuff like that these days, but the ones who can really just have that soul in their production, you know what I'm saying? That's always what I'm searching for is, is somebody that's producing some kind of soul, something that I feel like I can use to uh bring out the best of my uh, lyrical ability and stuff like that so yeah he a young fella man he did that jump for me he did that one and highs and lows so he did that all jump. right yeah now of course highs and lows is a lot of favorite but another favorite of mine is feel it in my soul that jump too I man that i love yeah. it i love it, Appreciate it, it man. I, I i honestly feel like that's like a motivational song because mm -hmm. i feel like it's because you know that song, it basically it'll push you if you're at the stage where you like, damn, I want to give up. Yeah. But no, nah, man, you uh, you feel it in your soul that you're close to the goals that you're trying to reach. Right. And that's where that's what it does for me. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan first, so you know, 
regardless of me doing the podcasting and stuff like that, I'm a fan first. And this is like one of my favorite projects, uh, you know, coming into 2021. So I'm glad that, you know, I'm able to support it. That's why I bought an actual copy. And it's like, nah, I got to support the real. Like, dude, it's fucking rough. Yeah. And, you know, you are a hell of an artist. And me doing my back, my, my research on you, it's like, damn, why the hell I didn't know about uh, my guy before? But I'm glad that I'm saying that, you know, I'm on you now. And I'm glad to have you on my platform, man. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Anything else as uh, far as like, do you have anything in the making for us after uh, Far From Nothing? Or are you just, you know, uh, still pushing it and you trying to gain more listeners for this project? Yeah, I'm going to be pushing this jump for a while, man. Um, that was the thing, too. Like I was telling you, like making single by single. And after a while, I was like, man, if I put a project together, what I'll do is just I'll promoted uh for about close to six months or so you know what i'm saying to really try to figure out to expand outside of my my normal listeners and and, and see how far out i can reach with it you know so i'm gonna be promoting it for a while i plan on doing i want to do a video for almost every song if possible you know i'm talking to cam about you know how we can pull that off or whatnot but um yeah pretty much yeah just working this project for a while man all uh, right, now we're gonna, uh, you know, what I'm saying, take you back to the genesis of true ethical, <laughs> man. Uh, what part of the city you grew up in, man? East Memphis, man, over there East. off, uh, yeah, Parkway Village over there by, uh, man, I went to Sheffield in third grade. Ah, man. okay, yeah, was over there, man. Yeah, I was okay. over there, yeah. All right, uh, how was your household like? Uh, how was your household that you grew up in? I mean, normal, typical household, man. Um, single parent home, you know, but that's not to say my dad wasn't in the picture or nothing, but, you know, just a single parent home, me and my older brother, one of my oldest brothers, and my mom, and shoot, we just, you know, my brother was doing his thing uh, in the streets and stuff, trying to figure it out. I was going to school, staying out the way, pretty much, and she, you know, she worked her jobs and stuff, and went to church, and you know all that good old stuff, man. But yeah, that's pretty much pretty See, much it. Now, um, what kind of kid would you say you were uh, growing up? Man, let my cousins and them tell it. I was a badass, but I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I was there. <laughs> I don't think I was there. I, 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 man, regular old kid, man, just trying to fit in, I guess. You know, and. Um, I play sports, tried to play sports anyway. Well, let me let me put it like this. I never got on any teams, but I was I played basketball like I was gonna be the next Penny Hardaway. <laughs> you can tell me otherwise. Story of our lives, man. Story of our lives. Um do you remember I do you remember what song caught your ear that made you fall in love with hip hop? Um Man, let me think. My 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 brother put me on hip hop and rap for for sure. But I'm trying to think like, because it wasn't like my mom was trying to keep me away from it. But what? yeah, she she had me on the gospel music and all of that early <laughs> on. But, <laughs> but when I, when I, yeah, but when I was around my brother and stuff, riding with him, he was bumping. I mean the pop. No limit, uh, 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 Master P, 
Silk the Shocker, UGK, uh, Outkast. You know, so all of those influences is what I heard first. I didn't hear Biggie till like a little later on. My brother was more of a Pac fan, so I kind of, you know, caught on to Pac. But first song that I really remember, I don't remember the first song. It was more than likely it was some Pac though, because he bumped a lot of Pac. Damn, man! Just you telling your story, I swear to God, it felt like it, it's similar, basically, then it's similar to mine, because that's how my mom was. Yeah. Uh, she was like she was trying to keep me away from it. Like I couldn't, you know, I had to sneak and watch the videos and stuff like that. And yeah. then thing is, she tried to keep me away from it, but she had me at my cousin them house, and you uh -huh. know, she had and stuff. And that's all they listening to around the house. And then I'm able to watch the videos and stuff like that. And right. and then I, I catch myself because we be in the car and then I know the song. Like, oh, how the hell you know that song? You're not even supposed to be listening. Like, oh, damn, my bad. I got caught the moment. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, so it was basically gospel, uh, gospel music. Well, you know, uh, gospel music and uh, old, like, 70s music and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And she... Yeah. Um, like they get up Saturday morning, clean up the house music. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah. just like uh, how you was with your older brother, that's where I got my musical influences from. Riding around with him, and yeah. he basically bumped everything. And I say East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, uh, yeah. the whole Lemon movement, the early Cash Money movement before a lot of people knew about it. Yeah, that's I too. I got, yeah. So that's where I got uh, I got a lot of my musical influences from and stuff like that. But my uh, first time falling in love with hip hop. Um, this was like three years after A Ball and MJG came out with coming out hard. But right, I remember right. my brother was bumping that tape, and that's why I was like, I'm a kid. I'm like probably like six or seven years old, and I was like, yeah. like what is this? And I was like, I was in love with that tape. So that was my yeah. first introduction, man. Yeah. Um, now I, well, I watched some of your similar interviews, and we do also have a, some of a lot of fa uh, a lot of favorite artists. But mm -hmm. we also one of our favorite artists is Ti. Yeah, with the you know with the success that Tip has had in his career, do you always feel like people kind of like really didn't give him his props as a lyricist? Yeah, I I, I really do think so, man. I, I think people missed out on, I guess, yeah, like you said, giving him his props because I mean, dude, dude was a beast, especially when he first came out. Now that one like super duper lyrical, but the way how he his delivery was, you know. Yeah. What I'm saying? super unique or whatever and uh that's and i was gonna get ready to tell you that's who when i heard him like i heard all of the other music that we just talked about and my yeah. brother was a big Snoop Dogg fan too but in 99 when i'm serious came out and my brother put was playing that ti i was like hold on now i do remember <laughs> i remember them just off that project and i was like okay and i was listening yeah. to tough man so tough to where i sounded exactly like the man I sounded like him so bad when I first started rapping, man. I had to take I had to take like a year off from listening to Buddy because I was like too much of a TI clone. <laughs> yeah, man. That's exactly how I was because I had like had my little parts where I tried to become a rapper, and that's who style I tried to emulate mm -hmm. flow wise. I'm like doing this and all that yeah. and stuff. Like that. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so that's like that's exactly like what well, I got. I was on I was on Ti heavy, and then especially yeah. during the time when he uh, released the King album and the ATL movie uh, at the same week, and basically he was on he was scorching, he was, he was scorching. scorching, he was scorching. And like I said, 
I just feel like, you know, as a as a I'm saying as a lyricist, I feel like a lot of people don't get TI's props and as a hit maker too. But you know, yeah. it just that's just how the game go. Now, I, th- I think what, what derailed him, what derailed him was going to prison as many times, you know, yeah. year by year by year. I think that would actually slowed him down. Yeah, because he was on the road. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. on the road at one point. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, do you remember what age you started to rap? Yeah. For 15, 15, me and my partner, um, my home, my homie, uh, Darren, we used to like after school. This was about what grade you in at 15? You about 10, 19, somewhere in there, eight, nine, somewhere. And we used to, um, put the we get people to put the instrumentals on CDs for us, and then we go to the crib. Yeah, play play the play the beats or whatever off the TV, and we'll be on the on the cordless phone. He had a headband on with the phone with the phone up in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, that's what I used to do, man. Yeah, so it was 15. Oh, All right. Um now during the times where you were in high school, like um, you said you went to Sheffield, correct? Well, I went to Sheffield third grade, but then my mama, she 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 used my uh grandmama address and and my grandmama stayed over off of um and uh where it was annexed off between you can go to it was a city school at first, but then they annexed it off to where excuse yeah. me, it was county school at first, and then they yeah, annexed it to the city. Right. So I went to Germantown uh elementary in fourth, fifth grade. And then I went back to Kirby High School when they switched it over. I mean, not high school, but Kirby Middle in seventh grade all the way to 11th grade. So, oh, okay, okay. Now, were, uh, were you involved in like the freestyle cipher battles at school and stuff like that? Nah, man. I uh, really kind of kept to myself. I ain't see too many of them. And the ones that I did, um, it wasn't like, you know just like booming or nothing like that it was like a couple of homeboys doing some stuff i never really jumped in man i kind of i kind of kept kept the idea of me rapping to myself for a little minute i just i just kept that head to myself for a little minute yeah i did that too because i was very skeptical it's like because people already like judged me it's like you know like they look at me like like, huh, I'm just nerd ass nigga from the rap. Like, yeah, you gonna rap about some t- scientific shit or something like that. Right, and right. I went to uh, I went to White Station in high okay. school. Yeah. And and basically I just like and then during that time, they rap battles was like more like checking, like trying to check you yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, now they did yeah, a lot so, of that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just uh, I kind of went serious and then I don't know if they were more shocked. That you know is me rapping, or just how hard I was, or how hard they considered me because I was rapping, and right. it's just like everybody looking like, like damn, real wing, like why you ain't never rap before? I'm like, I didn't know that y'all wanted to hear me spit, so it be like that. Uh, did you uh end up attending college? I did. I went to uh, I had got a got not a scholarship, but I had got accepted to uh, TSU right at the gate, ah. but. I didn't. I ain't go to TSU. Me and my mama had drove up to, came up to Nashville, and uh, stayed overnight. And went to the campus to visit it and see it and everything. And it didn't really, it ain't really click for me. And then also, I was thinking, there's a lot of bad chicks around here. I ain't gonna get no schoolwork done. <laughs> so I was like, Nah, let me. At least you was so, 
Yeah, man. So I uh, ended up going back home and I went to Southwest for half a semester and then uh, transferred to MTSU in uh, 08, January 08, and went there a couple years. Okay. Uh, the mm -hmm. group that was a part of South Block, how did that come together? How did it come about? Yeah, how did it come about? Uh, South Block, man, my homie Dejan, he, um, it was really his baby. And I think what ended up happening was we got cool. I think we went to church or something together. I couldn't remember what it was. We ended up, man, linking up because he, he's younger than me. I think, uh, I think, shoot, about three, four, four years or something like that. And so he was really trying to get in the door and get the music thing going for himself. And he mm -hmm. heard some of my stuff and he liked it or whatever. So we figured we'd collab or whatnot. And uh he ended up coming up with like a little dance uh for the for the well the, the name we had prior to South Block was like Royal Dynasty or something. And we was just you know just trying to figure it out. And then yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and then you know, uh so we ended up his mom, who um rest in peace to her, she ended up passing away last year. His mom actually went to school with a guy that uh she ended up introducing us to and i kind of knew him already but she introduced to us to him and he was a manager he was managing you know getting his foot in the door with managing and everything like that and he had some connects and stuff and so you know me and dejan was like well cool you know we gonna see see what happens with this and so we end up he had like a little a little independent label and stuff like that and signed us with a little management deal man and um it was booming at first i'm talking about like after gate we did like a we did we went to the studio recorded some music and did a um uh like i said the, the shuffle dance because at the time soldier boy and all them was it was pop. the dance it was pop. It was dance right the dance era whatever so we had a little south block shuffle man and people was digging it and um uh, we we traveled we opened up for Gotti. Uh, yeah. the, uh, it called. Yeah. It was called. The, yeah, it was the Memphis at that time, but it was really like the fair. It was at the fairgrounds, but they was calling it the Memphis mm -hmm. that particular time. So we opened up for him, and uh, that when I met that fool, he was he was just in a drop top Lamborghini or some some white, you know, you know him. So I met him, spoke to him. He was cool, man, real laid back dude. They were back then, though, of course. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, we did that, man, and we we had a little show at the Hard Rock. I'm talking about we had that jump packed. The the whole floor level and the top level was just packed. Everybody was up in there to see us. Y'all sold it out. Y'all sold it out. Man, man, sold it out. Had so much fun with that, man. And uh, then we had a couple of out of town shows we were gonna do and stuff, but then it kind of just went downhill from there. And you know, my, my take on that is, you know, I think it was just something that it probably wasn't just necessarily meant to be. Um, you know, it ain't nobody fault nothing. It just it didn't manifest to what we thought it would be, you know, but it it I thought it would have been something great. I was kind of like, I don't know if you've seen the song and heard the heard the song and seen the video or whatever. It's on YouTube, South Block Shuffle. Okay. Uh, but I really I definitely was doing it for the team. Cause listening back to it these days, I sounded horrible. I suck, and it, it just wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't my style in particular. But I was doing it for the team because I was like, man, if we can do this the to get player. on, whatever. Yeah, if we can do this to get on. I'm all for it. So 
you know, but it didn't work out. But now, I don't regret. Now, when you guys disbanded, uh, uh, and this is when basically you decided, like, well, it's time to focus on my solo. Mm -hmm. And this is, and like, what's, like, what do you do? Like, what project or what single do you end up uh, releasing first? Probably as a solo artist. Uh, what was first? I, um, I think it had to have been something called like New Life mixtape or something like that. And uh, my homeboy Brent was doing beats. I got, I think I let him do all the beats on that joint. Um, and it was, it was cool. The recording was horrible, but it was cool. Um, <laughs> uh, Call paying dudes, man. Call paying dudes, man. Paying dudes. My wife would tell me in a heartbeat, like, your first songs and C's was horrible, like the quality or whatever. And she, she'd be brutally honest about that. And then after that, man, I just started doing mixtape after mixtape after mixtape, trying to figure out my style, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Figure out my sound and how I want to, you know, how I want to sound and everything like that. So it took, shoot, I started that in 07. And been and been going at it ever since. I think the one that, well, yeah, oh seven, yeah, I started with that in 07, Just was working from there. Oh man! And actually, uh, I had that in my notes. Uh, you actually kind of answered that question for me. I was gonna ask you, like, uh, does your wife put give any inputs to like some of your songs and like, hey, baby, uh, maybe this might be not. You don't put this on this project and stuff like that. Do you get her input a lot? Uh. She used to a whole lot. I think now she she'll hear it and she be like, "Okay, you know, you need to be doing something with this. You need to <laughs> push it as is hard she, as you can." Is she your toughest critic? Uh, yeah, she can be. She can be. Probably not 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 tougher than myself, but she definitely can be though. Yeah. Oh man, see this. Is yeah, crazy. man. Now, uh. You and I, like I said, we're both family men and we're both, uh, you know, we're trying to own our crafts within this entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you able to balance it for you? Man, e even while I do this right here, it's like, and <laughs> just like we were saying out there, like you had to do something for yours, take care of yours first. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Same thing with me, though. I was like, cool, we, you know, ain't no rush because let me get them situated first. You know what I'm saying? Because if not, it might be a text coming in or something. Uh, can I get some daddy? I need some, you know, so I gotta get this situated first. Yeah, because I had it like kind of mapped out. I said, like, okay, he might be busy, so I just told him I'm available, I'm off work now. And then me and the wife, uh, we was just sitting there talking, and then like we didn't just realize we didn't even like we didn't say what we we're gonna do for dinner tonight. It's like I just whipped something up real quick because I was like, that was like totally far from my mind. Cause like, oh damn, we do have to eat tonight. So yeah, I'd be like that too. Yeah, so it's just like, it's just like, damn, like yes, that's why you know I feel like even with your music and just hearing your story, like it's very very relatable, and you know, I I liked it, I liked it, man, because you know. It, and it goes to show you, and I feel like you'll be an inspiration for uh, a lot of other uh, individuals who are out there who have to balance that also, have to balance family and, you know, try to maintain a career. Yeah. Yeah, I try to be, man. Now, um, when did you really start uh, 
catching the buzz, like far as it's your solo stuff. Like, like we like, I'm like, you know what? I think I, I'm I'm getting that traction. Like I'm 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 really on to something. Probably when I dropped uh it was a junk called I dropped I dropped something called Forever True, Forever True mixtape. And uh actually maybe something before that I had something called Raw Conscience. And again, it was just a mixtape. And uh I ended up linking up with some guys, man, down in uh Olive Branch, Mississippi. And they had their little thing going on. And I and I clicked up with them for a second, man. And he used to the guy was I was I was doing it with, he ended up having like shows at a little amphitheater park down there in Olive Branch. Mm-hmm. And uh first couple of shows, man, the park was packed. I'm talking about like packed out. And uh, he was cool enough to let me like do my own little show for one of the mixtapes. Uh, I think it was like a had like a raw conscious uh, concert or something like that that we called mm-hmm. it. As John was packed out, and at that point, I was like, "Okay, I think I'm, I'm I'm generating something here." You know what I'm saying? I think I'm building something here. And uh, did that a couple of times. And uh, like I said, I kept pushing and making more music. <laughs> more mixtapes and stuff and the internet thing started blooming a little bit and i started figuring out how to promote promote myself a little bit better online and uh shoot after a while i did a junk called um well i went from the forever true raw conscious to forever true the mixtape and then i did like a little album for it or whatever Uh and did a video to that junk it was a song on there called Hustle Till I Die that I did a video for. Yeah, yeah I like the video. Like man, it blew up. And I was like, oh, I, I, I may have caught fire right here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I found my niche. <laughs> yep, yep. So at that point, I was like, okay. You know, but every, the, 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 the greatest thing, the best thing I've been finding out about myself, man, is um, consistency. I, I lack consistency at certain points where it's like, it seemed like I caught fire, but then I fall back or I won't keep adding to the fire. You know what I'm saying? And so at that point, I think it was like, um, you know, man, what you what happened? What, what you doing? You know what I'm saying? And so I blame myself for that more so than anybody else. You know what I'm saying? I just I probably wasn't as consistent as I needed to be. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. And I feel like that's where, you know, that's what kind of one thing I had always had a problem with was procrastination. I yep. definitely always had a problem with it. And, you know, it's kind of, I tried my best not to let it lap over into my podcasting because I'm like, okay, if I'm releasing interviews and boom, I'm catching traction, and then next thing you know, I got to deal with home and stuff like that. So I'm kind of right. focused. So, it's, it, yep. like I said, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm really just trying to find that, that perfect balance. So, therefore, everything can go correctly as far as my own life, then as far as career wise. Yeah. Uh, now, what came about with the uh, name switch from True Q to uh, True Esco? Man, it was a it was a dude in Houston or somewhere in Texas. Come hit me up at the blue. This was years ago. <clears throat> Come hit me up at the blue. Like, hey, bro, man, I'm the real True Q. I'm this <laughs> and I'm bumping, and you ain't doing whatever. So I'm look I'm looking and listening to his stuff. I'm like, first of all, bro, you don't know whether you want to do gospel. Or secular, <laughs> talk about hitting the strip club or talking about blessing somebody. You don't even know what you want to do. So you tell me about your name and stuff or whatever. I was like, 
you know what? Cool. I don't even care. I ain't care about like the logistics of it and knowing and figuring out if he was being for real or if it was legal, you know, legally. He had that name legally or whatever. And so I didn't care about that part. And then <laughs> and then on, on the funny side of it, I was like, I got tired of people saying true crew. Like, oh, like God. <laughs> I, got, I got tired of that. I love my Memphis people, man. I promise. They butchering my name. I was like, man, I I, I got to come up with something else. That's how I, we notice it when they, uh, when Memphis uh, artists get interviewed, like probably Breakfast Club and something. They always, uh, you can't be from Memphis if you don't say music. That's like, man, we, <laughs> right. we know how to say music. Like, we, say right. we that country. Like, dang. Exactly, man. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Now, where does True Esco see himself within a five year span? Five years, man. Uh, honestly, yeah, three to five years. Really, just finally getting a hold on the whole independent grind, and just being able to have a fan base large enough to where I can I can tour. I ain't got to be famous. I ain't got to be super famous. That's not what I'm chasing. I'm just chasing having a core audience. You know, what I'm saying that I can have nationwide or regionally even. You know, to where I can be able to um, impact lives through the music and stuff like that. So, in three or five years, that's what I'm hoping I can accomplish. All right. Now, what yeah. point of of your independent career did you start to you know learn about the business side of it? Uh, truthfully, probably. Let me see. This is 2021. Maybe about five years ago or so. Uh, I started looking into it more and being more serious about learning about it because, you know, making the music is the easy part. Everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. But it's just figuring out, like, learning these terms, masters and um, mechanical royalties and stuff mechanical like that. royalties and all those things like that, man. Just just learn all those terms in itself is is what every artist needs to be. Uh, need to be doing, man, because you can get out here and mess around and make a hit song and don't even own it. You know what I'm saying? Or not making the money off of it and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've been the witness to that. I've seen that happen with, with individuals and be like, oh, he stole my song. Like, well, technically it wasn't your song if you didn't get the copyrights and stuff like that. You just put it out there. So, like, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, with everything that's going on, uh, we just you know we uh, we just lost DMX. Yeah. When it's all said and done for True Esco, how would you like your legacy to be remembered? Man, I'd I'd love to be remembered um, for being honest and relatable, uh, loyal, you know, and just being able to touch people's lives in a way where they 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 understand that i had pure intentions you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying i never i don't be trying to disrespect or diss nobody and and be trying to be into folks and all that stuff like that man my intentions are always pure whether i'm trying to help somebody uh with the music stuff or just help somebody in general in life we're giving advice relationship advice marriage advice or whatever i just you know i just want to be known as a pure individual man and, and somebody who relatable and, and and cool and down to earth 
you know what I'm saying? And people that, you know, people can come to me and holler at me about about things, man, and they're going to get my honest opinion, you know, and, and just having their respect. So hopefully, you know, when it's all said and done, they can be what they say about my legacy, you know, and a family man. And, you know, I, I, I did right by my, my wife and my kid. So all of that, all of that. I like that answer, man. I definitely, I love that answer, matter of fact. Uh, before we got here, uh, I wanted to know, uh, how do you, uh, how you feel about the Memphis rap scene as of right now? Man, apparently it's booming. I seen the meme the other day. I think Charlemagne had said something like the best rappers in Come the out game right now coming out of Memphis. Yeah, I seen that. And I mean, it. that's the, that's the truth, though, honestly. I mean, it's been that way for a while. I think, again, back to like you said, with the business standpoint of it, Artists in Memphis probably didn't had a business right after, you know, over all these years. You know what I'm saying? And and we'll be so mad at Atlanta or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Atlanta for two decades, but it's like, shoot, all the talent is here in Memphis. And, you know, but I think we don't, we haven't t- taken ourselves as serious as Atlanta has and, and came together to be able to build this metropolis of, of great up and coming talent and everything like that. Atlanta been doing it for so long, you know, and sometimes Memphis, we, we get looked at as the ones hating on each other and beefing and don't want to do nothing with this person or that person or whatever. So it holds us back. The talent been here. Talent mm-hmm. been here. Been here, you know? All right, man. Uh, let the viewers and the listeners know where they can find you on social media and also plug your website, brother. Yeah, man. Website is forevertruemusic.com. You spell the word all the way out. Uh, that's my website, man. You can find all the content on me, my bio, everything like that. If you want to get to know me a little bit more, you can find all that there. Uh, as far as my Instagram goes, it's, it's uh, true.esco. Uh, Twitter is true underscore esco. And Facebook, you can just put in true esco. I should pop up. So that's where I'm at, man. That's what I'm at. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for making your time out, you know, taking the time out to, you know, be on my platform. You could have been doing anything else. You could be, you know, chilling with the family and stuff like that. So I'd like to thank you for being on my platform. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And to let you know, uh, my platform is always open uh, for any new project you want to promote or anything like that, man. You got my contact. Just hit me up, brother. Uh, I'm going to continue to support you and also be a, a, a fan. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you so much, man. Keep doing what you're Uh, doing, too. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. This is True Esco. I'm JJ Moss, and we are out.